Hello, this is Stormtrooper 1. In case you were just way too busy to listen to our last show, this is what you missed. And one that really stood out for me is when Kasuda and his group needed parts for the fireball. And they had no credits, so the dealers accepted sandwiches instead. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm like going, hey, do you want to trade these for sandwiches? Oh, these sandwiches are really good. <laughs> Imagine if Han Solo solved his debt problem with sandwiches in Star Java, Wars. Java, here's some food. L- listen, Java, I don't have the money. I know I dumped my shipment <laughs> at the first sign of Imperial Entanglement. I'm sorry, but here's a sandwich. Take it, you fat fuck. <laughs> That's what I kept thinking to myself. And Java like, agrees. He says, all right, thanks, you. Thank you, Han Solo. You're a good boy. Thank you for the sandwich. Thank you for the sandwich. All debt is forgiven. <laughs> Do you think the Department of Student Loans will also accept sandwiches? Because then I'm saved, Dave. I will no longer be drowning in debt. I'm going to give the federal government sandwiches to pay back my student loans. I was hoping that basically it was so bad that you would have just forgotten it and just let it slide. Yeah, come on, Dave. <laughs> Who do you think I am? <laughs> language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. How are you feeling? Your latest workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a metaphor to help and heal human beings. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Star Wars from the Back to Tank. I am Michael Flores, your host. And um, things are going to be crazy today, right, Dave? Just a little bit crazy. We've got some things to get through. Some exciting bits of news because we have not done a news discussion show. In a few weeks. In a while. Yeah, and a lot of things have surfaced while we were away covering Resistance, as well as some Patreon-exclusive content. So, uh, yeah, it's time to get into this. It's time to get into this. Number one, number one thing that I have been dying to get into is the recent release of John Favreau's TV show, the, the official press release. We've heard about it. We've talked about it, but we didn't quite know what it was going to be about. And now we do. And it's titled The Mandalorian. Please, Lord, let this be good. Oh, it's going to be good. The first live action TV show, first live action Star Wars TV show will be titled The Mandalorian. And the news gets better, Dave. It's great that Favreau is covering this, right? John Favreau is a capable director, capable writer. Very capable. But there's another individual who is involved in this show. That is a plus for me. And that is the fact that Dave Filoni is also an executive producer along with John Favreau on this show. Yeah. 
And uh, if I'm not correct, isn't he going to be writing one of the? He's going to be first, directing. He's going to be directing the first episode. He's going to be directing the first episode. That's what has been released so far. For all we know, he may in fact write some episodes. He may definitely pop in from time to time and direct an episode. Why wouldn't you have Filoni do this? If he's an executive producer on this show, then the logical thing would be, hey, uh, buddy, you're the best we've got. Can you do this episode for us? Can you do this episode? And I've said this since the announcement with uh, that John Favaro would be the the showrunner for this TV show. What did I say? The very first thing was they have to pair Favaro up with a gentleman who understands the TV aspect. Because Favaro is a fantastic feature film director, fantastic writer for feature films director but he's not really in the tv scene which if people don't know this dave there are two different machines two different completely different animals oh absolutely so one person can be a great director for a movie but if he doesn't know the 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 fine nuances to writing a narrative for television there's going to be some issues with the writing and the pacing and the character development so it's a totally different craft it's a totally different craft because you're dealing with one Film films only are supposed to last about two to three hours. TV shows have to last ten times that because, like, you have to actually have multiple episodes within a season. Yeah. So you're dealing with, let's just say he does ten episodes. That's at least twenty hours. If it's a two hour, if you go two hours, uh, a episode. It's not just that. It's just the whole pacing aspect is completely different. If you hope to keep people involved in your TV show, it's a plague on a lot of modern day television that we see a lot. In fact, I have discussed this time and time again with fellow individuals in the film community, and they have also voiced similar thoughts that a lot of TV shows nowadays that are being directed by big names like movie producers that are used to working in the feature film aspect of things. And same thing with directors and writers when they come on to TV shows, they usually struggle for a while. It, the show struggles because essentially how they write their show is an extended feature film. Yes. It's basically a feature film cut up into 60-minute segments or 30-minute segments. It doesn't feel like a TV show. It feels like a cut-up movie. So because of that, I am ecstatic that they brought on Filoni and they have a plethora of TV writers that are now involved in this TV show as well. So not only do we have Favaro, who's capable when it comes to story, but now we have Filoni as well involved. We also have several directors announced as well that are all going to bring in some of their their creative know-how into the mix. And, and let's just stop all of this. For, forget the people behind the scenes, but the Mandalorian itself, Dave. Good God in heaven, could we have prayed for a better concept? Oh, yeah. we. Uh, there's no way. When this first came out and they released that first picture of the Mandalorian, oh, my God. I I thought it was a joke. I thought it, I thought it was a joke, too. I thought, oh, there's an April Fool's Day I, just to actually mess with the fans. I did not think we were going to get this. Now, the official press release is, uh, all right, so we have production on the first Star Wars live action streaming series has begun. After the stories of Jango and Boba Fett, another warrior emerges in the Star Wars universe. 
The Mandalorian is set after the fall of the Empire and before the emergence of the First Order. So it's a character that we're going to actually have. We follow the travails of a lone gunfighter in the outer reaches of the galaxy far from the authority of the New Republic. All right, let's focus on that just a bit. Number one, that sounds a lot like a Western. Yes. Okay. You have a lone gunfighter. Essentially in the Wild West. When you're saying the outer reaches of the galaxy, you're doing a couple things. You're trying to create a motif, a visual motif. People have immediately gravitate to Western. When you hear lone gunfighter, outer reaches. Then you have the aspect far from the authority of the New Republic. They're giving us room to grow, which I think is smart. Think about what they're doing. This show will be able to stand on its own two feet, which is smart. You're, running, you're not going to run the risk of messing up any potential movies that may come out or movies that are in the works currently, comics, books. The fact that this is taking, on the, taking place in the farthest reaches, I think, is one of the smartest things they could have done. Yeah. And I'm hoping, honestly, Dave, I know tons of people, Star Wars fans, have their theories and they have their hopes and, and wants. And the only hope I want is for them to be able to tell a show that can stand on its own two feet. It doesn't necessarily have to rely on, oh, do you remember when the Death Star was created? Well, this is what happened from the other side of things. I think this is the perfect opportunity to do a show that is 100% brand new in yes. all aspects. Yeah, absolutely. Because like they're, they're touching on things that basically only like fans have always thought about. No one's ever actually officially seen a story you know, we've always wanted to see the story of Boba Fett, uh, partly because of his Mandalorian heritage. So the fact that we're getting a series called The Mandalorian and it's not connected to Boba Fett, I actually like because that means that it's original content. This yeah. is like brand new mythos that could actually be explored. And a lot of people are assuming we're going to be delving into the Mandalorian culture. And honestly, I'd... I'd rather veer away from that as well. We already know about the Mandalorian culture for the most part, based on the Clone Wars, based a little bit on what we saw in Star Wars Rebels. I don't mind them touching on that. Obviously, if you're dealing with a character that's a Mandalorian, that's a given. But I wouldn't mind them it just being as part of his background. And throughout the series, we learn more about that culture. I'd rather this just be a show about a dude. You know, about a guy, whatever he is, whether it be a bounty hunter, which is what a lot of people are assuming, but whatever he does or is, I would like for it not to be exclusively connected to things that we already know about. Use this TV show as a way to really flesh out the universe and move the overall mythos of Star Wars forward. This is the perfect opportunity to do so. I agree with you to, to with one point, but there's one part of me, I'll, I'll be honest, there's one part of me that does have wants this series to answer one big question for me is where are the Mandalorians? Because remember this was said to take place after return of the Jedi. And isn't that posing a question though? Like rather than answering a question, I would say if they were to pose that question, like where is the Mandalorian culture currently at? Yeah. Because like in the aftermath of the fall of the empire, yes, that would be interesting, but I don't want this to be a show designed to answer questions from things that weren't answered in other TV shows. I would like this to be its own thing. Its own thing. And if in the 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 vein of telling new stories they get to that, 
then fine. But if a show is designed to answer questions, I feel like we get enough of that. In fact, that's all Star Wars has really become. And this is not a gripe or a complaint. I'm just saying we already get that. The prequels, what were they designed to do? To tell you how something happened. Look at the new movies. What are they designed? They're designed to tell you where Luke is at and And Han Solo is at and where the New Republic is at and what's the current landscape of the galaxy 30 plus years after the fall of the Empire. It's there to tell you what's happened based on what we already know. If this TV show can be designed to just tell us and introduce new ideas and not focus so much on what ifs and how about we we find out finally what happened to Bobo Fett again wouldn't mind if Boba Fett's in this but I think it would be smarter if they completely go a different route yes I I agree with you with that because if if Boba Fett's in this cool but he can't be the central character no because then you run the risk of no one caring about the Mandalorian yeah the Mandalorian <laughs> if you introduce Boba Fett the jig is up <laughs> we're gonna want it to be about Boba Fett yeah and I think that ship has sailed at least for the time being Boba Fett can be, his story can be crafted by other means. You know, we can tell his story in movies if that's the case, if that's what people want. And we can even possibly tell it in this. It it just lets focus on the Mandalorian as who he could be or is. And then as the show progresses and grows, then you can allow your friend. What's the old saying? Build your house, make sure it works, then invite your friends in to play. Yeah, right. That's that's why I was really happy with that still because there's no question that is not Boba Fett. Yeah. There there's yeah. no question about it. it. It's a totally new Mandalorian design. I am excited. However, even though they are going with a whole new design and we're pretty I think most of us can say that this is not going to be a show about Boba Fett. Uh, otherwise they would have said it. However, in true Filoni fashion it looks like favaro's following suit taking elements either retconned elements or things that were never used that was in the the original art of star wars and they're going to be utilizing it yeah favaro just posted just two days ago on an on his instagram feed the mandalorian weapon now we're not sure who's going to be using this weapon but we do know where it's from yes the weapon is identical to Boba Fett's weapon from the holiday special. Yep. I will post images and photos on our on-demand link where the show will be available later on our website, RaymanDigitalMedia.com, so that people can take a look at those if they have not had a ch- the chance or the opportunity to, to scroll through Favaro's feed or ours, because I believe I've already posted it on our Twitter account at From Back to Tank. So either way, I will get it out there. But that also gave me a little bit of hope as well, Dave. You know, even though we always talk about and we just got done saying we would like fresh new stories to flesh out, that's fine. But I'm cool also with them bringing back things that we've seen in the past, things that have been retconned, because there's a there's a consistency. There's a respect factor there that you respect what came before. And you always are looking for those instances when you can bring it back in. It just feels more complete when you're utilizing things that Lucas himself had invented at some point. Yeah. And dude, that picture of it's called the it's called the Ambin Pulse Blaster. And mm-hmm. it just looks it looks gorgeous. It looks like an old Western rifle. I know. And I'm like going, this is why 
I got really giddy about it, not just because it's Star Wars, but if it really, really harkens to a Western story, stylized story, this is the dream that we've always wanted. This is what we wanted in Han Solo or the 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 Han Solo, the Solo movie where we wanted that spaghetti Western element. We wanted that Western element into it and they gave it to us. We showed that basically it works. It's really, it's a really great, fantastic element that helped the film. Now we're actually saying, okay, we're going to take all of that, that you guys liked from solo and make a series out of it. Thank you. Yeah. And that's why I said, I'm hoping I'm praying that this is true. Yeah. It, 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 and when you get to see like the, the some of the props and everything, some of the props that they're they're using and everything just harkens back to like the old spaghetti western movies. Yeah. Again, that's our own fan expectations. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that they're going with that western vibe. And judging by the synopsis, I can't imagine them using those chosen words, lone gunfighter, unless the they gunfighter. are in fact going to use the western genre as a backdrop to tell their story. So I'm very, very excited. I cannot wait to see what we get next. And I'm am, happy. I'm happy they use the lone gunfighter title instead of like saying a bounty hunter. Right. Because it, it those are two. Of, that's kind of me, a Star Wars it's, cliche it's kind of a, a, at this a, point. A cliche. Yeah. Saying a, a lone gunfighter basically doesn't harken to Star Wars. It harkens to a Western. He could be anything. He can be law enforcement. Have we seen law enforcement? actually take center stage in star wars no and that would be freaking badass can you picture like a story center around like a marshall type vibe marshall type vibe god damn it dude i just came a little bit (laughs) calm down dave with these ideas please slow down david i like to last more than a few seconds (laughs) not with this one this has to this has to make you basically make us all come all at once i I have to be well it's not fun unless we all come at the same time (laughs) So we're going to have to time it according. All right. So, Dave, I have to say, though, I'm more excited for this TV show, I think, at this point than I am for episode nine. Is that is that am I not the Star (laughs) Wars fan? I should be. (laughs) Well, you're not alone. You're not alone in that boat. I am, too. I'm actually more excited about the Mandalorian than episode nine because I'm like, oh, there's episode nine news. That's nice. Give me more Mandalorian news. (laughs) Maybe that's the reason why. Lucasfilm decided to call quits on the on the Skywalker storyline. Maybe they figured, why are we competing? Because if they keep coming up with great ideas, eventually people are going to be more drawn to certain things. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so much better. In fact, a lot of people are already voicing that opinion when it comes to the standalones. There is a growing, growing group of individuals within the Star Wars fandom that is saying that they have enjoyed the standalone movies far more than the actual Skywalker saga installments. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's so maybe it's smart. Maybe it's it's smart smart. that Lucasfilm says, Hey, you know what? Let's not compete with ourselves here. Cause that's essentially what they're doing. And you got to remember, I mean, me and you have stated that, Oh, they can't take away from the Skywalker story. Right. Right. They can't because it's the backbone, but you know, honestly, from all what we've been seeing, them introducing new elements to Star Wars is actually making the product much better than we thought. I agree. Because like I agree with that. It doesn't take away from it doesn't take away from the Star Wars storyline in any degree. But, but by you're talking about the Skywalker storyline. Sky, uh, Skywalker storyline. No, it doesn't take it away. It doesn't ruin it. It just it when you're excited about a TV show, you you're going to start splitting your enthusiasm amongst your fandom. When you release this TV show and this movie and then you have the Skywalker movie. I can easily see where the enthusiasm level can be split. Yeah. 
though. All right. So the series will be written and executive produced by Emmy nominated producer and actor John Favreau, as previously announced, along with Dave Filoni directing the first episode. Additional episodic directors include Deborah Cho from uh, she's most known from Jessica Jones, uh, Rick Famuya, Bryce D- Howard, Bryce Dallas Howard, which Bryce is uh, Howard. which is Ron Howard's very very attractive daughter. Yes. And also t- Taika Waititi? Yep, Waititi, who did Waititi? Uh, Thor. Yeah, Thor, Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok. So it will also be executive produced by Favreau, Dave Filoni, and Kathleen Kennedy. So we have some big, big names lined up to direct these episodes. I can't believe they got the dude from Thor Ragnarok, too. I mean, that's a good get. You're getting feature film directors coming in to work. Which is smart because it also shows me that we're definitely going for that cinematic vibe. If you're bringing in the big guns, that should uh, that should make all of us happy, dude, right? Dude, absolutely. But take take this into context. Imagine that you're bringing in these big names mm-hmm. to do to direct episodes, right? Right. The first one you pull up though is Dave Filoni. Yeah, Filoni leads the charge as all the directors. That should tell people. Just how important Dave Filoni is to Star Wars, because he's, you can he's have, launching it. He's he, he's officially launching the first installment of a live action Star Wars TV show. Yeah, you could have any of the directors from Marvel. You could have Ron Howard's daughter, who's very talented and attractive. And <laughs> <laughs> but by far, you say no. This guy right here is going to lead us into this. Yeah, he's the one that's going to set the set the pace. For me, for me, this is why this is why Dave, I always said Dave Filoni needs a chance to direct a live action Star Wars. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like this is a first step towards getting what we all want. Uh, we have been <laughs> we've been we've been campaigning for Filoni to direct a feature film for quite some time now. And uh, this will be, I believe, his first directorial live action live action. He's only directed animation, so this might be the testing grounds for Filoni to be able to possibly, down the road, direct a feature film. So there's a lot of excitement that this entire series brings to the table. It's also rumored that Bryce Dallas Howard will also be starring or playing an important role in The Mandalorian as well. Which... Honestly, I'm good with that. I'm okay with that, I'm too. Okay with that. I would like to see some big names being brought into the show. It will help sell the overall product. Product. So lots, lots to look forward to. Also, Kathleen Kennedy extends Lucasfilm deal through 2021, David. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Let's, let's take a moment and moment of silence for all those trolls out there. Oh, that, come on, Dave. <laughs> that rallied and said, oh, fire Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> Just just a moment. Well, didn't they say there was an email? There was an email that was going around saying that Kathleen Kennedy was on her way out in September. Yeah. And I think it's funny that they, they must have all translated that email incorrectly because what they meant to say was she is going to be her contract will be extended in September. In September. <laughs> I I stayed off social media that entire day. At least from the Star Wars fandom side of things. I did not want to see anybody get toxic, but I, I, I was so tempted to start clicking on hashtags to see how many people were actually crying over the fact that she got ex- her contract got contract extended. Extended, Yeah. 
Oh, no. This is a live recording, actually. Yeah, seriously, live recording of someone when they found out the news that Kathleen Kennedy would, in fact, be coming back as the king of Lucasfilm. All right, calm down. Calm down. Wait, Everything me, will be okay. Let me collect your tears. Because oh, I need them hold on, to pleasure a, myself. Here's another. Oh, man. <laughs> I think uh, Kathleen Kennedy used all those tears to make her, her garden grow. <laughs> oh, look how vibrant my garden is, is, honey. Come here. Wow, honey. What's the secret? Oh, I used uh, fan baby tears. Oh, that's a fantastic miracle grow. In fact, I'm going to take an actual fan and I'm going to imprison them unlawfully. I'm going to put them next to my garden and it'll be almost like a drip system. You know how drip systems work? How they just randomly water people's yards? Well, I'm just going to randomly have a fan cry over my garden. Over my garden. It will be the most it's a good beautiful idea. garden ever. Like, I'll just share it. Every time I need him to start crying, I'll share an idea. I'm like, hey, Mr. Star Wars fan. Uh, the next TV show we have planned is going to be star is going to be starring an Asian woman. <laughs> all right, thank you. That's enough. That's all I need. That's all I need. All right. Uh, for the next Star Wars movie, it's going to be featuring two Mexican men. <laughs> Also, by the way, I just got um, I just got my contract extended for another three years. Oh, oh, no, that's so funny. <laughs> Listen, I've said I've had I've had no problems with Kathleen Kennedy as the same only. here. She is one out of, or I'm sorry, she's three out of four when it comes to movies. And everything else, the books, the comics have all been solid. She's done a good job. She's done a fantastic I don't, job. I blame her along with Ryan Johnson for my own dislike of The Last Jedi. But overall, she's done a great job. And yeah. Last Jedi made money. Uh, it also blew away the competition when it comes to the 2018 Blu-ray sales. She's doing a great job. She's done a fantastic job actually leading the charge into a new era of Star Wars. The biggest problem she's had, Dave, as we have said time and time again, is uh, she was willing to give up oh, too much power. Sorry, I'm crying now, too. Oh, God, no. I'm watering Catholic Kennedy's yard right now because you're thinking about it, aren't you? <laughs> All right, that's enough. What was I talking about, Dave? I forgot. <laughs> oh, you were talking about she. She has done a good job for the yeah. most part. Her biggest problems she's done is the is the is the hiring of certain directors. She probably should have went with more qualified veteran actors with or sorry directors with more experience. That's but even, probably her biggest mistake she's made. Even though that's a big mistake, and we both have talked about this in length about how that was a mistake, I still give her props. Because at least she tried something new. She wanted to bring in that new blood. And it because, didn't work. And it didn't work. It didn't and, work. And, you know, hey, that, while that should actually be on Kathleen Kennedy's shoulders as that's her fault, it's also the fault of the director she chose. I mean, I'm sure there's directors out there that are new blood that she could have chose. 
that would have knocked it out of the park. Not everything's going to be perfect. This is all new. We've seen the exact same problems from the Marvel front. DC is going through those problems currently. There are rumors that they're finally going to get their shit together. It's hard to create uh, a franchise where everything is connected. So Star Wars is no different. Just because Star Wars has been great in years past doesn't mean it's not going to hit some some speed bumps. Yeah. And if you just take that and the movie into context, Kathleen Kennedy has done a fantastic job outside of that. She's done more good to Star Wars than... Anything. Kathleen Kitty, what's your secret? Why are your tomatoes so sweet and succulent? Oh, fan. Fan tears. Fan tears. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I just have a fan permanently hovering over my garden. You know, much like in um in Hannibal and <laughs> Silence of the Lambs, you know, where you have uh, someone in a in a underground hole in my basement. Put the lotion on the skin. I have that kind of setup, but I have them suspended over my garden. <laughs> and I just tell them ideas that I have. <laughs> oh, and this next one, we're going to have a Jedi Knight who's a transgender. <laughs> All right, we need to go to break. Get more Star Wars discussions every month with the Back to Tank Patreon exclusive shows. From Star Wars comics and book reviews to speculative discussions and breakdowns. All when you pledge to our Patreon page. What? Go to patreon.com slash Digital for more details. As you wish. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. You think rich, rich people like to whip high powerful men like to just whip their penis well, see, because they're so fucking proud of it. Well, here's that's what sort I'm of like an argument settler that all of a sudden when you can't you can't find a uh, common ground debate, you resort to the penis whipping out. <laughs> not is, nec- that, is that how it works? Not necessarily. Because Asians are going to die at every oh, single debate. Wow. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> a literal dick waving contest? Yeah, yes, no, Asians it's, will it's be. no contest. Yeah. Put to the spear. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. This is right, interesting one. You're right. <laughs> Tony just openly admitting, yeah, we're fucked. <laughs> yeah, we are. That's why we never win debates. Or wars. Has there been an Asian man yet in Hollywood that's whipped his penis out? Did John Woo ever do it? <laughs> Maybe he did, but no one knew. <laughs> it's, not, it's not worth writing home about. <laughs> like, how come I never get in trouble? I whip my dick out all the time. Nobody can tell, John Woo. Is your penis out right now? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, These aren't tan colored khakis. We need an IMAX camera stack. 72 millimeter. (laughs) The largest that penis will ever be. Get a telephoto lens on that thing, please. (laughs) IMAX 3D. For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. All right, all month, keep your eyes peeled because we're going to be doing Halloween eccentric discussions all October, including here on this show. We're going to be reviewing Tales from Vader's Castle, every single issue throughout the month of October. So you're going to be getting more back to tank. 
And that first issue was so good. It was. So head over to RaymanDigitalMedia.com to find out everything that we have planned. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, DEAL30, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And for your viewing pleasure, six free spicy movies on DVD, plus free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. So go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code DEAL30. Again, that's DEAL30 because without it, no free stuff. That's DEAL30 at adamandeve.com. All right. For more Star Wars from the Back to Tank, head over to patreon.com slash Rainman Digital and get more Star Wars discussions each and every month. If you love our show, you want to help us keep the lights on in the studio, because believe me, it gets very, very expensive. Head over to patreon.com slash Digital. Pledge $5 or more a month and gain access to hours of additional Star Wars content and more. If you're into the whole geek culture, we cover about a dozen or so different topics. Not just you and I, Dave. All the All hosts on the network do yeah. something on the Patreon. So patreon.com slash Digital. All right. So Oscar Isaacs. He's in the news, Dave. And he says Star Wars Episode Nine is looser and more improvisational than past films. If this was anybody else, if anyone else was directing this movie besides JJ, I'd be nervous by that, <laughs> that word. Improv is not something that you want to hear when it comes to movies. Yes. It's the same thing we heard that came out of the solo camp before Ron Howard took over. There was so much improv going on that the film lost its tone. That's why it's important to stick to the blueprint. However, JJ is very experienced. He's worked with these actors for months on end beforehand. They probably know each other by this point. Yeah. They probably know their characters. They understand the story and the direction it's going at this point. This is the third movie. They've been working on this now, what, going on six years? Six years now. All right. So because it's Isaacs, Ray, Boyega, I shouldn't say Ray. What's her name? Daisy Ridley. Daisy Ridley. John Boyega. And because it's a JJ, I have confidence in those words. I don't feel like it's a, it's a word of, hey, guys, we're working fast and loose on set. It, to me, it comes off more as a synergy thing, a yeah. a chemistry. Everyone has such great chemistry on set that we're moving through things really fast, and there's a lot of improv happening on yeah. the set. They're not relying on their skills as improv actors. They're they're basically. I feel the same way that basically that 
it's fast and loose because they've been together for now for quite some time as a cast. Chances are they know what JJ wants. They know yeah. what the character should be doing and how they're doing it. They understand the body language. They understand the subtext. Everything is happening within the story. And because of that, I don't feel like we have anything to worry about. Yeah. Uh, in recent interviews with IndieWire, Isaac discussed the shooting of the new Star Wars, saying the way they've been shooting it right now is looser than it's been for the past two times. A comment that the article clarifies refers to onset improvisation. It does feel like a relief to get on set and feel like, oh, we can try things. It's a testament to JJ coming back and feeling confident. Uh, there's less pressure for it to be right. We just want to make a good movie and have a really good time while doing it. I like that. Keyword, like a good movie. He adds that this movie is one that's natural to the material and it doesn't reflect poorly on it. Often you do feel like you've got to find your way to make something more alive, but this this time it's been the opposite. He said there's no need to smuggle anything in there. Now, this could be PR work. Right. This could be, hey, guys, you know, we need to make sure everyone knows that this everything's is uh, OK on set. Everything's good on set. We're not having any writing issues like we had with Last Jedi. No directing issues. There's no directing issues. But also, I feel that there's a bit of sincerity as well, because you can't fake the funk nowadays. If there's something negative happening on that set. Oh, it'll it'll permeate out into the wide world web. Yes, it'll be leaked. So I just like that there's a little bit of. uh I guess towing the company line, which is a positive. And I feel like this movie needs PR. It needs positive PR. Unfortunately, for the past, what, two standalone films and even the aftermath of Last Jedi, it's been a lot of negativity when it comes to the PR side. So positive PR can really spin things and and help a movie track better at the box office, which is what we need. Yeah. Not only do we want a great movie, a great conclusion to the Skywalker saga, but we also need a moneymaker so that the future of Star Wars is bright. Yeah, because like, unfortunately, with all the negativity, you're going to scare away your audience because your audience is going to want to stay away from that negativity. And you're right. I mean, the last couple of probably half a year, uh, there's been more negativity than of Star Wars than anything else. Yeah. So getting some positive positivity back into it is probably one of the biggest things that they have to do as a group controlling a franchise is try to bring some faith back from the fans. Yeah, you need to, you don't have... have to don't don't basically just do what the fans say, but bring back fans that basically will like your product. You just have to listen. Everybody needs to be coddled, Dave, and uh, the Star Wars fandom's no different. We need to be told that everything's going to be okay. Yeah. You know, essentially after the last Jedi, we we saw, we witnessed, at least for me, we witnessed the death of Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen. We we were traumatized by their crisp flesh that was burning and <laughs> right we just left them. Us. We just left them on the ground. Yeah. And then moved on to fight the Empire. Fire. So we don't want to feel that way anymore. So what they're doing with this positive PR spin and, and getting out in front of it, I think is a good thing because the fans need to be told that everything's good. Unfortunately, everything is exaggerated on social media. And the moment you hear something negative, it's what blows up. Very seldom do the positive blow up. For example, look what happened with uh, solo. Yeah. You heard one person say one person, one one article that was leaked from an alleged inside source said 
the problem with Solo, a Star Wars story, was that Alden Enright did not know how to act. That was the problem. Do you remember hearing that? Oh, yeah. That, that then, started the avalanche. That started the avalanche. There are people who are like, oh, don't want to watch this because that kid can't act. I'm like, well, have you seen the movie? Because obviously that was one story that was completely fabricated and false because that kid definitely knew how to act his ass off. He did a great job. He did. So instead of having that negative publicity, let's get that positive publicity out there. I, I think, think the show or the, I should say the, the Star Wars franchise will benefit will benefit greatly from that. And I think the last couple of weeks have been really good PR-wise for Star Wars. I mean, you have uh, production on Episode Nine going well, going fine, nothing's going on. Then you okay. have, like, the... Then you have the news of The Mandalorian, which, honestly, like, everyone's talked positively about that. I don't think there was one There was no negative. negative. There's, some, any, there's always something negative when, when something Star Wars-ish is announced. There's always... It's always followed up by negativity, and yeah. I would have to dig very deep to find anything negative because, for the most part, there was a lot of positivity about that. There was a lot of positivity about that news, and it felt like this past week. It's almost like okay, we're we're at the we're at the dark times or the tunnel of negativity, but mm -hmm. you see that light up ahead. You see Episode Nine. You see the Mandalorian coming out. Yeah. Uh, you have like a bunch of other Star Wars. You also stuff have people out. being fired, Dave. I feel like they're doing a cleanup. They're doing cleanup. Lucasfilm is doing is doing exactly, and Disney is doing exactly what I said they were going to do. And if people don't believe me, go back to the tapes. Go back six months. Go back three months. And I said you're gonna see. I, I've said it on this show. I've said it on other shows we've done on this network, Dave. I've said. That CEOs and executives and studios are going to start pulling on those reins and taking control of their franchises because of toxicity. Yes. Right now, everybody is consumed by politics. Everyone's consumed by their own perspective on politics, and it's created a toxic atmosphere, not just when it comes to Star Wars, when it comes to everything. And you can't have actors directors writers of novels and comic books and movies you cannot have them fighting with the fans you can have them defending themselves absolutely but there's a fine line between sticking up for yourself and becoming part of the problem and chuck windig yes is one of those that we have discussed and i'm i'm fine with his books i'm fine with his books too i'm fine with his writing but i knew I knew, Dave, he would get fired. Yeah. Because he didn't slow down. Remember when Ryan Johnson was getting toxic about three months ago and I said things need to stop? Ryan Johnson's going to end up getting fired if he doesn't quit arguing with fans on Twitter. Yeah. Then you had James Gunn get involved in the fighting with fans. Then you had uh, Christopher McQuarrie get involved and it just became very toxic for about two or three weeks. Chuck Wendig was also a part of that, but it's never yes. died down. He, for him, it's never died down and he, is allegedly, according to him, has been fired over contra oh, controversial political tweets and vulgar tweets that involve Star Wars and talking with the fans. This is going to happen. This isn't the this isn't the last time we see this happening, Dave. Yes, we are so consumed with politics right now that no one stops to think. Uh, you know what? Um, I'm just a writer for Star Wars, and I'm representing a company. Yes. If someone were, let's say I. Let's say Rayman Digital, Dave. 
I run this network. Let's say one of the hosts started going out on the streets and just started speaking to people with vulgar language. Yeah. Treating them like shit while they're wearing a Rain Man digital t-shirt on. Yeah, let's say And a Rain Man digital hat. Let's say you, David. (laughs) Let's let's say you go out there and you're wearing a Rain Man digital shirt and a hat. Meanwhile, you're telling people to go fuck themselves. Yeah. And you're an idiot. Your political thoughts don't mean anything. Uh, You're an asshole. You're the empire, essentially. Fuck off. You would be. I would fire. I would have fired. I would have fired you the moment you told someone to fuck off for their political beliefs. Everyone has political opinions. And guess what? Their opinions. Nobody has factual information. Politics is subjective. It's different for everybody. And I knew this was going to happen. This is the tip of the iceberg. Yes. Go into this article for us. Okay. So what we have here is, let me pull it up again. My phone just went. Uh, Just a week ago after Marvel announced at New York City Comic Con that Star Wars author Chuck Wendig would be penning a Darth Vader miniseries, Wendig says that he's been removed from the series as well as from an unannounced Star Wars book after he was temporarily suspended from Twitter earlier this week. Yeah, in a series of tweets, Wendig noted that he was fired for the remainder of the series because of negativity and vulgarity that my tweets bring. It was too much politics, too much vulgarity, too much negativity on my part. Uh, Marvel spokesperson confirmed that Wendig has been fired, but wouldn't comment further on the record. Uh, we've reached out. Uh, they've reached out to Disney and Penguin Random House, but no one's got these to people that keep getting fired. Now, I'm not going to say Roseanne Barr is the same as Chuck Wendig. I'm not. But I'm saying that when are these people going to realize social media isn't their life? And that's why that's Chuck, why you are making hundreds of thousands of dollars off of Star Wars books and comics. Right. Dude, get off fucking Twitter, bro. Get I hope Twitter. you realize social media just killed your paycheck because you have to vocalize your opinions every day in such a manner that comes off as confrontational and very contentious. And because of that, you just lost a huge money-making gig. I don't understand, Dave, this this need that a lot of these people have to get on social media and just bitch all day long and run the risk of of smearing a company they look for or they represent. Disney, yes, they're liberal, right? Disney's liberal. Disney is probably 100% on board the, the train that Chuck Wendig is on with the whole liberal perspective on certain things, right? That's not the problem. The problem is when you create a toxic environment, Disney doesn't want a part of that. They don't want, even if they agree with you, they don't want to be piled together with all the other political toxicity that's going on. So I feel like it's a smart move. And this is one step. And if this doesn't create ripples, meaning if creators don't realize shit, this is going to happen, then you're going to see more people fired. Hopefully this serves as as a warning, a warning shot. Right, Dave? Yeah, as a warning shot, because you have to be careful. The thing I never understood is I understand people have the right to say what they want to say. Yes. But you also have a responsibility to the company you represent. You can say. You can say all day long what you believe. Yeah, that's fine. You have to take responsibility that you're also representing a company. Yeah, this isn't like the James Gunn situation, which I was against that 
And I'll tell you why. James Gunn was fired for something he said 12 years ago that was public for the past 12 years, something that he's discussed and disclosed numerous times in an apologetic manner. Whereas Chuck Wendig is someone who's currently fighting with people on social media. Yeah. So it's a big difference. And I don't condone the firing of James Gunn, but I do condone the firing of Wendig. I understand it because from a business side of things, I can't believe they allowed it to go this long. Yeah. Because and and to some degree, I give Chuck Wendig a pass because he actually comes out and says it's it's on my part. My part is basically the negativity and the of course it's on him. The politics. Why do you give him credit for that? Of course it's on him because uh, it was it's Disney's fault that he decides to fight with people. Because the thing is, at least he's taking responsibility for his actions, unlike other people out there that basically say that. Oh, hold on, Dave. I'm I'm texting right now and tweeting. (laughs) I'm tweeting to people. Tweeting to people, but like, at least he's get off Twitter. Yeah, get off Twitter. Take it. Take responsibility for your actions. The one thing that irritates me. It's like everyone, Dave. Text message received. Oh, hold on. Excuse me, boss. It's like everybody has Tourette's syndrome now. Yes. And they can't keep certain things to themselves. They have to blurt out their opinions in such a way that it pisses people off. I'm not saying you shouldn't have opinions. I'm saying learn to swim the shark infested waters. Do things that show your political ideology right yeah but be smart with it. first off he's a writer dave he's a writer there is no better place to feed people your ideology than through your writing in your books if you want to teach people and tell people how they should think or you want to share your political thoughts put it in your writing which he does which he does would get off twitter because you're just going to get fired and lose upwards of millions of dollars. I wouldn't be surprised if he lost a million bucks or more yeah. off of this. And the sad part is, is like he did it in Aftermath and it worked because yeah. Aftermath was actually a really Hold good Hold on, book. Dave. I have to say this. I have to say this. I have to say, fuck Star Wars fans. If you don't like my book, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. I don't like you. You're not good. You're bad. You're evil. Uh, and God sucks. Uh, also, hold on. I'm tweeting something else. Oh yeah, fuck you. <laughs> and like, it's- hold on. I'm not done tweeting yet. Uh, okay. Uh, fuck you. Also, I think of uh my mother while I masturbate. Oh wait, that wasn't supposed to be a tweet. Let me erase that one out there. All right, I'm done tweeting now, Dave. <laughs> but like, that's the thing that irritates me now. Oh, hold on. With someone, someone didn't like my. They're, they're, oh, they didn't like it. They didn't like the book. I just, oh. I just uh, wrote. So hold on. Let me write something to them really fast. Go stick a dildo in your throat and die. Okay. Sit. <laughs> and, and that's the thing that I don't, that I get irritated at with a lot of, artists and writers out there that they don't understand that basically you you go attack we the actually fans. got dave i didn't know if you know this but we actually got a live recording of chuck windig's final tweet to fans oh, we do yes yeah, right here <laughs> i wonder if it'll help water my garden <laughs> but the the thing is is they don't understand they they take out their negativity on the fans yeah. you're taking ne- out on the fans also that like you and that's what irritates me is like 
It's like you don't understand just do that. Just do your job. Just do your You're job. doing a good job. Just do your job. Put your political thoughts in your writing. That's how artists have have done artists it for, for years. years. Artists for years have put progressive thoughts into the minds of potentially millions through television and movies and books. Without social media, the job will be done without social media. Get off social media, people. You're going to get yourself fired. Put your thoughts in a book. Put your thoughts in your television show. Celebrities out there, stop. Pick the right parts that are going to help share your views rather than getting on social media and fighting with people. It's just a, that's not how you do it. Not how you do it, Dave. Yeah. Unless you want to, uh, you know, a well-watered garden. Hold on. Oh, oh. I had to change my notification. Oh, so stupid. <laughs> yeah, so I don't really feel bad for Chuck Wendig. I've seen this coming. Yeah, I don't I don't either. And this I isn't mean, the end. You're going to see this happen to a lot more people. And honestly... Um, it should. The reason why I don't feel sorry for Chuck Wendig is because he squandered a great opportunity that that people thousands of people would kill for and they I would can understand kill that. for being a writer for Star Wars they would kill for writing a comic book for Lucasfilm and this guy can't keep his mouth shut even for a little bit so this is the beginning this is the beginning Dave yeah much like the end of remember the end of uh, Attack of the Clones when Dooku tells Master Sidious the war has begun yeah this <laughs> this is that moment all right, we need to end today's show. Thank you, David, for listening to me ramble on and also contributing. <laughs> contributing just today's where I can. Show. <laughs> All right, so I want to thank everybody for listening. If you missed any part of this show, past, present, or in the future, please find us iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, search Star Wars from the Back to Tank. Thank you, David. Thank you. May the Force be with us. Hello, this is Stormtrooper One, and if you've missed any portion of the show, you can always head over to FromTheBackToTank.com and uh, listen to the show at your leisure. Uh, we're also on Stitcher, Smart Radio, Stitcher.com, search BACTA, and that is to your favorites. Thank you. And uh, listen responsibly. And may the Force be with you. And long live. Thank you for listening to From the Back to Tank. From the Back to Tank is executive produced by Michael Flores and Dustin Lucas. Hosted by Michael Flores, David Zabal. You can find out more about our show by going to www.fromthebacktotank.com. You can also find us on Twitter at From Back to Tank, as well as Facebook, facebook.com slash From the Back to Tank. <laughs>